Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. And welcome to Coffee Break. I appreciate you hanging out with us this morning. The show is brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits and needs their buyers, call David at Versant, 459-8565. And we welcome into the studio this morning, City Manager Rachel Harlow-Shulk. It's been a while since we've had her in the studio. And uh, now, I guess, one year since she started in her role. So it's a good time, Rachel, to have you back. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I mean, has it, has it really been a year? This week, yep, the 19th was my first day. Wow. So, you know, it's far too long since you've been in. I feel like we had you in like a month after you got here or something. I feel like, was I here twice? You might have been here after that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but we haven't had you in enough. No. Certainly. Oh, yeah, happy to be here. I'm glad to to take time. I reached out to Jake and said, you know, it's been... In a year, Jake, I think I need to say, hey, Troy. Yeah, I don't know if we should blame Jake over there at the city or, you know, I'll take the hit on this one for no, not no, no. for not having you. Well, you we, always have us invited. So yeah, just, yeah, but we need you in more often. No problem. It's not like you're not, you know, I mean, you never have anything going on. Nope. No, Does it feel I'm, like you've been here for a year? No, there's been yeah. so much work. So much time has been spent by the team and it's a lot of really, really good things that have happened. Lots of, of legacy issues. I, Roger at the county has termed issues that were needing addressed before you get somewhere. He cur- he called them uh, legacy issues. I've had a lot of those. And yeah, been working on the really complex. So, yeah, because you um, sort of so. came in, and before you could do anything, you know, it's that idea of there's things I want to do, but there's things I have to do first. Right. <laughs> and so you, you've got to do the have to dos. Bef- you you got to yeah. do your homework before you can have fun. Yeah. Well, that and and kind of there are just some things that decisions couldn't be made with interim managers mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, things couldn't move forward. So also there's a, a clarity that comes with having a manager on for a certain period of time. So having that consistency for the team to help them understand right. like how you can be successful when you're moving in kind of this wave in the ocean it, it's really hard yeah because so. we keep hearing about retirements rachel you're not going to announce I anything know. right like you're no. not pulling that on me today <laughs> no yeah. I, no well would, we'll dig into some of those here in uh, a little yeah. bit but you, you came in at an interesting time <laughs> I, I mean did. obviously the the issues left behind by a, a previous city manager that's right. always the case when you come into a new job you you deal with the mess that was left behind you had that uh we're still i guess in the middle of COVID or are yeah. near the, ta- I'd like to say we're near sure. the tail end, but I, I don't know if we are. You had all these things that you had to deal with and uh, one year in, that means you get to look back. Yes, I do. And so, I mean, maybe first of all, yeah. um, just reintroduce yourself sure. uh, to the listeners. Okay. So, uh, yep. I'm your city manager, Rachel Harlow-Shock. I spent 20 years in local government in Colorado and then uh, went over to the state after a, a major flood. Um that flood in Colorado was in uh, 2013. I met a group of people at the state whose job was to advocate and be of um, support to local governments. That's the Department of Local Affairs, not like Montana. It's a group that sits at the state table and advocates on behalf of local governments. Uh, when I was interviewed here, I had shared to the community and to the commission that I had a real focus on home rule, and I, I believe in home rule. That is not the same. Yeah. Uh, here as in Colorado. So Colorado has strong home rule. This is not as strong a home rule as I had thought. So that was, I've learned a great deal about how Montana's local governments, even with charters and what um, is interpreted as home rule, 
um, there are things that we can do and there are things that we cannot do because the state state manage the uh, yeah. state regulates them so that's been exciting because i can at least share to the community this is why something is far too complex <laughs> right. so i can start yeah. Yeah. translating what people are are feeling i don't know that um someone who didn't have that nerdy background of advocating in local government in colorado would understand that um distinction unless they'd been studying it and then they're Sometimes it's just not as fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, and, and different things kind of in focus when when you come in, um, you know. And I guess maybe we just get COVID out of the way first, and and very sure. very broad. How are we doing? You know, I feel like, uh, and I, I shared this to the commission two weeks ago, that uh, there is a an ability for people to forget that. Well, you're still in a state of COVID. If right. you feel good and you're walking around and enjoying your life as you feel you, it used to be, not everyone is in that same place. And certainly in the state government uh, or in, in the city as well, the two, the two play um, off each other in an interesting way. The county, the city, and the state, we all are part of a, a conversation in trying to help stabilize the, the resources. And when that's, when that's happening... You know, good government's quiet and, and people can move on. Well, sometimes, though, um, I, I think this is the case when you have a, a major event. Uh, I shared I was part of those floods. People do go through stages of yeah. recovery from those events. And while we're trying to learn how to live with COVID, people f- are still emotionally handling loss of family and friends potential huge changes, loss in jobs. Those are all things that actually affect how people interact with each other. So I do observe as part of looking back, um, a clear move when I got here of people working together, then uh, an impatience <laughs> with uh, how things were, were not progressing. And now there's just a, the newest stage of impatience and just fix it. So right. that plays out. I think with um, everything we deal with in our life, if in fact we're just incredibly impatient. So uh, I think you've uh, heard about some of the um, interactions in the community lately. Those those interactions are more um, emotional than I had observed in the beginning where people were really working together. Now it's just, just get it done, uh, impatience. And right. I think a lot of that has to deal with, with stages of recovery. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And, and I don't know if there's an easy answer as far as, you know, going forward, what do we do? You, you see nationwide numbers are going down. But in Montana, that's not happening. So there, it's that like, okay, so so what then, right? Like fill in that blank. And I, I don't know if there's an answer to that right now. It was fun, uh, When I was interviewed, uh, Commissioner Dean had shared, I had talked about uh, the economic recovery from uh, major events and how those focused efforts early in recovery pay off in the long run. And she had pointed out that Montana, even in uh, 2008, when the housing market had tanked, actually had a, um, a slower reaction. So I'm just observing, I think Montana is just on that and you know that shock wave that's further yeah. out from the original. So uh, that's what I'm surmising that other places with larger population who are closer together probably felt that lar- larger wave earlier 
and now we're starting to feel it. Uh, now that does that mean that I have an answer? I don't. Right. I don't. Yeah. Come on, you're you're in charge. I know. I try <laughs> to know to it all. This. I don't yeah. know it all, and yeah. that's the reality of it. Yeah, I mean, and well, but you do have to be pleased that just operationally, when you're when you're looking at just how the city functions, yeah, everything continued. I mean, we didn't really have a, well, we, we can't do this or that or that. Like everything continued as far as just operationally. And, and, and mm-hmm. you have to be happy about that. Absolutely. But that's because the team is great. There are people, doesn't doesn't matter who the city manager is, they'll, they'll continue to provide the service. It's the next place that the community goes where the city manager plays out. So that really is a testament to the team of staff that are here and who have really pushed pushed this community to continue to move forward. But um, there's also, it, just maintaining service doesn't mean that you're also addressing things that um, may need to be fixed either. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the next place we're working yeah. in. City Manager Rachel Harlow Schalk is with us this morning. A couple of minutes before we have to head to break. Uh, something else you had on your plate when you came in? Uh, the budget. Yeah. I mean, we had some issues there when you showed up, and uh, you, you've been dealing with those still. We just recently, uh, w- was it last month, that we gave the okay for the upcoming budget? Finaled. Yeah. yeah. Finalized. Yeah. So how are we, I guess that's the same sort of question. Like, how are we doing there? Sure. So the uh, this year we're going to be studying our, our fees and rates. We did not increase any of the fees, rates, or structures within the community. The tax system is not run by the city. The property tax value and all of that is is assessed by the state, mm-hmm. and the dollars are collected at the state level. So I'll be watching the assessments and how taxes play out at, at the state level uh, because they affect the, the local level. We really affect the... Um, uh, see here the fees that you pay f- and rates that you pay for water and sewer, as well as um, any other service-related permits and so forth. Those are all the city, and we did not increase those funds because um, there were some key structure um, definitions missing. What I shared to the commission: fiscal stability. Nerd moment here. So. <laughs> Fiscal stability in Colorado, I worked with uh, communities across the country at the state level to talk about what it looks like to be fiscally stable as a local government. And the reason being related to emergencies. So if you're unstable, if you have an emergency, your ability to recover from the emergency is far longer. So in this case, Helena is unstable and our ability to recover is going to be longer if we don't focus on the structures that make us stable. That's not just having enough money. We have the money. It's where is it? Are there enough staff at the top who understand how to manage those dollars? Are there policies in place that transition us over time? The hardest part, as you pointed out, was uh, early the uh, change in staffing. Mm-hmm. When they left, there were policies missing on how we could stabilize the city because those weren't weren't written down. All of all of us new people came in and did not know how things were being managed before. So that really creates this decimation. I was reflecting yesterday on this conversation I'd had a while ago, um, probably 15 years ago, almost 20, about the retirement of baby boomers. And I think I talked about this before, but... The big intention at the time was to start creating a, a group of people behind those baby boomers in retirement that could fill in those positions. Well, th- that didn't happen. Right. 
here. So we lost a lot. So yeah. the stability, not so much related to dollars. It's related to how we're managing those dollars in policy and by those people. That's where the trust really lay. Yeah. Have, have we worked to backfill some of those positions now? Because you had a lot of positions. And we're not just talking just, you know, uh, I realize how it's going to sound, but office help. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not just the, the rank and file. We were missing managers and directors. I mean, how, where mm -hmm. are we at with, with that issue? Sure. So we are, yeah, we are in a much better space. Human Resources Directors Build. Renee McMahon, she's terrific as our, our uh, human resources director. Sheila Danielson, our finance director, she, she and I are of the same philosophy around uh, policies and making clear where dollars go and setting realistic expectations on what, what should be reserved and, and really moving dollars uh, in the way that's most effective without having to increase. Um, then uh, also public works director, Ryan Leland, that one's filled. Now, you're aware that the police and fire department are um, have both both retired, mm -hmm. announced a retirement. Fire chief uh, has already retired. Yeah, Ken already just yep. jumped out. and <laughs> He did. I, 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 he picked a weird time. He can't go really – I mean, I guess you can go fishing anytime, Ken, but – yeah. Maybe he, he got off just in time for for hunting season. Hunting he can season. take some long hunting trips. Yeah, and I'm excited for him and his family. They they were really going to be working on a, a family business, uh, it sounds like. So uh, I'm excited for that. I feel good about um, what they shared as their reasoning uh, in that they felt comfortable uh, taking that because we we're stabilizing. Yeah, and then we've step. got Steve Hagen. Is, yeah. uh, he, he's got just a couple weeks left. He does. He does. He. Uh, we had a, a pretty rough blow this last weekend. We lost our assistant chief of police on Friday night. He uh, passed away, Kurt Stinton. So we're focused um, on the next couple of weeks and really supporting his family and the team through this significant loss. Um, the community. He's worked for the city for over 25 years. So um, we'll be focusing and and as is Chief Hagen on on helping our team yeah. through that through that loss as well so he, he had been uh, sick for a while with uh, cancer and in, in the middle of a fight which was pretty public we, we were all pretty aware of of what can uh, excuse me of what kurt was working on and by way of fighting cancer but yeah. uh, a little shock so all of our thoughts and prayers are to to Stinton family yeah, of course and uh, there, there's no good time to take a break. I don't know if that's a great time, but we, we've got to at some point. So we, we, we will. We'll go ahead and take a break here. Thank you. And then we're going to come back and chat more on Coffee Break. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. And then uh, the commission is voted in based on what the charter says they're supposed to do. And then the same with uh, city manager. I'm hired by the commission. I'm, I'm asked to do specific things. I was just going over that yesterday and 
looking at the city code. City code actually says that golf and civic center are base operation. Now that's in, uh, significant because a city or a city code is like an ordinance; it's a law. Mm-hmm. So, so the city as a community had said that those are two primary operations. Now, how what's the commitment of balancing the budget for those two operations, which are enterprise? And our um, businesses um, with dollars in backfilling, I think it's unfair the last couple of years to even talk about because of COVID. Those enterprises aren't real. Uh, also, it's really difficult. I, I'm not sure if you've heard it, but I'll, I'll reiterate it here again, that it's really hard to find people right now. The, the great resignation, I think, is what they're mm-hmm. calling it nationwide. A lot of people are just checking out and yeah. saying, hey, I need to figure out what I want to do. So that really does affect how our how our operations run even at the at the golf course. So we are balancing out. Thankfully, there's been federal dollars to help backfill revenue losses that um, we're we're experiencing to try and and balance the those two funds. But it's not a, not just those two. We also have a transit program that is also supposed to be an enterprise that we we balance out and utilize um, general fund dollars to cover. So those are three operations that the city has said they're committed to do to offering that uh, don't gain enough dollar by way of sales in order to balance itself. So that's where the budget um, comes into this, this, what are we supposed to be? Right. Now, I think I shared um, about the policies. So what does a policy tell you when you're looking at golf and in the Civic Center? And policy is the, the greater definition to what should be in that budget. So what's the burden on the Civic Center for services that need to be covered by a ticket sale? That is the finer detail that actually impacts how much money they have to gain to cover. So is it covering um, all of the um, maintenance and and, uh, building services? Is it balancing out for a a longer-term capital improvement program. Those are all things that have not been discussed. So what they have is a, a, a pool of dollars that's been assigned to the Civic Center to say, hey, you need to – this is what it takes to, this, to operate. This is your cut, yeah. Yeah, and then this is what you need to hit for your revenue to balance out. Are those the right charges? We need to evaluate that. But we also have a ton of opportunity by way of reach out um, that – COVID has really made it more difficult to do, but reach to, to bring in some really great concerts and operations yeah. and ideas. So those are exciting, and we're, we'll, we'll be able to do that more as the world begins to continue to open up more after COVID. So yeah. I'm actually very, very optimistic about where we're going with the Civic Center. Golf is really interesting. I think uh, one of the conversations that we had um, asked – the commission to have was what was their commitment to the civic center and to golf and they both said their commitments of the community so that means the staff now need to make sure they just break even they're not making a huge amount of money and and really government shouldn't be making money if it's making money then it might need to be looked at as being privatized yeah but if if it's a service that we cannot just balance out that's usually when government steps in like we need this muni- uh, this activity in our community it helps with economic development and other drivers, and, and so the city steps in. Until it makes money, that's when 
we really start talking right. about privatizing. But at this point, there's no interest in doing that. It's in their code. It's a part of the city operations. Well, and it is, you know, obviously both, both of those places a, a great benefit to our community. And the community is growing. Uh, you know, more and more people are coming into the area, uh, into East Helena, into the Valley. And, of course, all of that impacts Helena as well. It, it doesn't seem like that's going to slow down. So how does the city of Helena handle that? We want to grow in some ways, but you don't want to lose what makes Helena Helena. Mm-mm. And so how do you handle that? And then also, I guess, do we have the infrastructure that, that can handle that growth? Sure. No, that's the point I had to the city commission also in the last month or so was that um, to help expedite housing development, we as a city have to be ready. And that means our infrastructure, our water, sewer, electric, streets, primary infrastructure have to be ready. They have to be sized appropriately and able to distribute those dollars. We have $35 million in gap between water and sewer improvements that we need to make. We also have um, a service plan for for streets that we need to create. And um, those are all activities that have languished as there's not been a manager. So four years, seven years, that's really what the legacy is that we're trying to hurdle over yeah. so when uh, someone says to me you know bozeman's doing so well billings and uh, it, those are all activities that have been in the, in the works for at least right two we're, we're starting behind already we're already behind yeah. so to catch up we have to focus in on those primary services and then also look at ways that we can incentivize the housing trust fund which tonight will be approving our advisory board uh, the housing advisory board those dollars will be made available to help incentivize Housing, the uh, reality is that there's, there is a border that the city, <laughs> the city has, and within, within that is, is really where we, we play now. The, I had a really great conversation last week with a gentleman who shared that um, the cost of development is directly related to the soft cost the city puts on top of it by way of regulation. And I had an interesting point for him, and I'll share it to you. I, I early on said that... Um, Local government here is not true home rule, and, and that is the case. The state's subdivision process and the requirements set in the subdivision process make the minimum expectation, and all of those development standards at the state level, we have to apply. Then the city commission adds more policy into it, like um, uh, complete streets or um, growth policy. All of those layer on, and then the team works really hard to make everybody happy. And sometimes that includes um, funky interpretations of things that don't make it easier. So that's the the next layer. I funded, um, um, the commission agreed to fund a development engineer. And that really is an interpreter (laughs) to help all of the departments communicate through the development engineer to the developer what's needed and really flatten out the conversation. Until that's in place and that position's in place, it is very difficult for everyone to hear each yeah. other. Yeah, and navigate just all right. of the right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got uh, you know easy question for you to okay. to answer here in in two minutes. Okay. Um, related to housing, I suppose we've seen a marked increase in uh, the transient population here in Helena, and uh, it's a, it's an issue anyway. But it's about to be very cold at some point. Um, yes. Is the city looking at something with with the homelessness? population and the, and the issue that we're facing we have to yes we have to work with our partners the uh 
I also talked about the, the again going back to that. What what services do we have? I shared to the commission. I don't have social services in our structure at all. I have no expert on homelessness. I have no expert on mental health. Those are all interrelated behavior, behavioral health, drug addiction, homelessness. All of those are interrelated. Those are three services I don't have in the city operations. And so I have to work with and rely on our partners, and that's the county, uh, Good Samaritan, um, uh, United Way. All of those partners, just a couple of examples, are how we have to pull together it really is hard to pull together when people are, are just just get it done yeah. in that phase. Yeah. So really, the community needs to help support that that need of, of pulling together instead of saying, I don't want to see it. And I would love for the community to say, how can I help? And the oftentimes, this last weekend, I had someone who had said, hey, I'll, I saw this. They're, they're no longer there, and there's a lot of trash left behind. Can I come over and volunteer and gather up the trash myself with my family? And those are that's the kind of activity that is the investment. That's what builds community, and that's really what we need to be focusing on as we come out of COVID. How do we work together to do it together um, and move the homeless population forward? So Yes, we are working on it. That is not an easy answer. And that wasn't an easy question. So I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. I put you on the spot with that one. But yeah, we are working on it. We've got to get them out. Um, often the um, police department is where they're, they're the floor during the cold nights is where they're sleeping. So we've, we've got to work on that. And, and we are. Well, you know, I'll, I'll I'll make up for it and uh, give you more time to answer more questions if you want to come back anytime Ooh. down the road. We'll have you back anytime. That- now Thank she's you. she's thinking about whether she wants to come back. No, I'm I... thinking about donuts. My phone didn't go off at all. <laughs> no, you, you you made it. <laughs> City Manager Rachel Harlow Shulk with us Thank on you. Coffee Break. That's all Thank the time you, we have, but we'll see you back here tomorrow. Great. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.